This is Tales from the Lost Armada. I'm your host, Ricardo Cabral. Today's podcast features a historic moment in Santa Clara football history. On October 30th, 1971, Sacramento's Steve Sippa did something no Broncos player had done in nearly 50 years. He successfully dropkicked an extra point. What is a dropkick, you wonder? Well, stay tuned as we explore this antiquated gridiron remnant as told by Sippa himself. The origins of the dropkick uh, would, be, would be when I was, oh, 12 or 13 years old. And back in those days, Rick, as you know, you didn't, um, you know, we didn't, there was three channels on the TV and none of them were any good. So you'd go out and you'd have your friends and create some kind of a game, you know, baseball, line ball, football, whatever it was. And, you know, if you're by yourself, you, everybody, every kid did this, every guy. Uh, you know, you throw the ball up on the roof and you don't know where it's coming down. You make the impossible catch. And of course, you're always trying to throw it over the roof and trying to run out around the house and get it. And that, that never worked. But, uh, you know, throwing the tennis ball against the garage door and, you know, practicing your fielding. So I don't know where it came from, but I decided to teach myself how to drop kick. And uh, I'd spend hours out in the street, you know, doing it. All in my, when I was by myself, it's one of the things I would do to, to, you know, to fill time. So, you know, I'd end up kicking it. Um, some, of, some of my targets were over our roof, and I took out the front window of the living room a couple of times. I had to pay for that with my union route money. So that was the origin of the drop kick. Um, I did it, I drop kicked thousands of times in uh, high school. At Sac High, I would, uh, you know, after practice, I had goalposts. Uh, it was fantastic, but I never, I never approached uh, Coach Hotel uh, about, you know, drop kicking in a game. So it never happened there. You know, I'm curious about every time you went to drop kick from the street or on the sidewalk over the roof, you had to then go run around to the side yard to pick up the ball in the back, didn't you? You know, I never thought about that. I, I had to shag my own, <laughs> my own behind my own footballs. Yeah. That's right. Didn't have more than one either. Damn. So you didn't, you didn't ever broach the subject with the hotel and... I never did. Yeah. What about your teammates? Did like Lippy and those guys know that you were capable of doing this? Well, they had to be. They had to be uh, knowledgeable. They saw me do it. But, you know, maybe they saw it, didn't mean do it so much. It just became, you know, they became blind to it. I don't know. It's just not a big... It wasn't a big deal. You know, yeah. it's one of those quirky things. So move up to Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Well, um, I was a sophomore and... Uh, and what season was this? Uh, 71. And uh, back then you could redshirt. I don't know how they work at this, the, these days, but you didn't have to redshirt prior to the season beginning. You could redshirt... I think there was a, some kind of equation. You can only play in so many... have played in so many quarters... Uh, and if you hadn't, you could redshirt midseason if you wanted to. There, was, there must have been a cutoff. But anyway, so one of our reserve at the time quarterbacks, you remember Mike Knott, Mike decided to redshirt. And Mike was also our place kicker, by the way. So Mr. Malley said, hey, Mike's redshirting, and we're going to need a place kicker to re- replace him. And um, so at special teams, we're going uh, to have whoever wants to try out for that, do that. Now, which game was this? San Francisco State. 
and it was uh, a day game, one of the few day games we play. It was homecoming. I remember that. So we get to practice. We get to the end of practice, and we go to special teams. And um, uh, Mr. Malley and the other coach say, okay, well, let's just, you know, let's line up over here, whoever wants to try out, you know, kicking extra points and whatnot. And our quarterback at the time was Clyde LeBaron. He was the, he held for kickers. And Mr. Malley said, Clyde, hope, you know, get up here and hold. And so these first guy went up, and as I recall, he was pretty, pretty, pretty not good. And the next guy, and the next guy, and the next guy were not great. Were and, these guys from the team, or just? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, the only guy who was not from the team was a kid from the soccer team, and he could he could boot it. And he ended up booting it the next day, except for one. And what was his name? Kevin Dugan. So anyway, he could kick, and then I think I was last, and it, we were at the, the closed end of Buck, the then Buckshaw Stadium, which you remember. I, how high do you think that was? How many rows? I don't know, but oh, don't know. 20 rows yeah, or 30 like rows? Sure. Yeah. And so, um, so I get up there, and Mr. Malley says, okay, Clyde, get up and uh, hold for sip. And I said, Coach Malley, I don't, I don't do that. I drop kick. And, of course... You know, he laughs, and you know, of course, sure you do. And I go, no, no I, I really do not know how to do that. I don't know how to kick out of a hold. I drop kick. And he goes, okay, right. Okay, go, okay, go ahead, do it. Well, it's a PAT, Rick. It's 25 yards. I mean, to me, that's a lob wedge. It's just, at the time, you know, it's nothing. Yeah. And so um, I'd done it so many thousands of times. So I, you know, I kicked, I don't know, four, five, six, who knows how many times and every one good and oh, you more than one. Oh yeah oh, okay. oh yeah definitely oh. well they were laughing like hell the whole time after they saw the first one i kicked him out of the stadium what are you saying going out you mean literally out of the stadium yeah in that practice round yeah oh my gosh yeah wow i mean you know it, it, it wasn't that big a deal so they thought it was funny as hell and mr malley said hey uh be ready tomorrow and we'll, we'll see what happens well let me backtrack for a second did yeah. malley say to you I will use you tomorrow, or I might use you. Know, you know, Rick, I don't clearly remember that. I think he, he must have said something. Um, although, well, had this guy Dugan uh, won the job like right then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. He clearly was. He clearly was a kicker. You know, I was a, I was a uh, novelty, right? So I, I probably didn't think there's that much of a chance. I don't know why that would be, but the 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 reason I say that is because. The morning of the game, um, a buddy of mine uh, in Swig Hall, uh, I, you know, I was a wide receiver, but I wasn't starting as a, as a sophomore yet. So I knew I wasn't going to play, wasn't going to start. And so we went and bought a couple six packs of beer and had a couple beers. So, you know, after I finished, you know, we finished doing that, I had to go get taped up for the game. You know, it was game time. So went over to Buck Shaw, went to the field house, got taped up. We got into the game. I was half in the bag right right then and we you know and we um we got ahead of him pretty far and so i don't know it was, you know late in the game we were up on him and mr malley goes we, we score a touchdown steve mattis a good friend of mine a linebacker who who was a who wanted to play tight end and was very very good athlete intercepted a pass and ran it for a touchdown for like i don't know 50 yards and he never lets me forget this because it's like this, this drop kick stole his thunder. So after he scores a touchdown, Mr. Malley goes, sit, get in there. And, well, what am I going to do? It's an extra, I think I know what I'm going to do. So I go in there and, and uh, everybody lines up and all the San Francisco State guys are going, 
watch your pass, watch your pass, blah, blah, as you would think. I think I mentioned this to you before. There was, besides the guys on our team and our coaches, there was nobody that knew, obviously, this was going to happen. But I knew there was one guy in the, in, the, in the stadium, in the bleachers, that knew what I was doing back there, although I didn't tell him. I didn't call him or anything that, that night, the Friday night before. Well, that was my dad. He knew because he'd seen me do it, you know, thousands of times. So I get the snap. So when I got the ball, and, you know, I, I had an angle. It needed to be about there, which, mm-hmm. what is that? Back towards me, the top's back towards Close me. Close to 45 or? Maybe you think 45%? 30. Think so? I think it's more upright. Anyway, I dropped the ball and it, it came yeah. down flatter yeah. than it needed, than, than, it, than, it, than I wanted it to. Than, and I knew that it was gonna take a split second delay to kick it to get up high enough. Here, when it dropped it like that, it, it's, it's right when it makes contact pretty much. Here I had to let it get up in the air. So I made the adjustment and, you know, that was that. Not a big deal. How far up in the stands do you think it went? I don't remember this one going out. I don't remember this one. Go- I don't remember if it went out or not. Uh-huh. Kick it. It's good. It was just, you know, it's a no-brainer. It's just, you know, and then these people, the, the crowd went kind of nuts. I, anyway, it was as simple as that. And, uh... You know, it was it was it was just it was unique, and it it, it was hometown. It was a uh, it was a lot of the older, you know, past players and families or what whatnot were there. So seeing something wacky like that, kind of they got a charge out of it. Yeah, seems like. Know. Anyway, the yeah, that's yeah. that's the drop kick. So then there was an aftermath to that, and that is that Santa Clara then issued a mm. news release. You know, so specifically about your kick. I remember two things. I remember that. That and I for some reason I, re- I remember the guy's name. It was Bud McGee, and I don't remember the year, but it might have been in the twenties or the thirty somewhere in there. But um, he was the last Santa Clara Bronco to attempt one. I don't think he made. I don't think it was. I don't think he made it. But he was the last attempt. I yeah. think it was. Was it twenty three? Do you know? Yeah, twenty three. Twenty three. But I think the last, as I recall, the last time prior to that that it was either attempted or converted. In the NCAA was um, a Stanford kicker. I believe that was in the early 40s. I think, pretty sure. But you know, back then, it was a whole different animal because the you know this ball, this football that we have right here in front of us, is not the shape of a football in the 20s and 30s. The ball was the same as a rugby ball because there was no forward pass. I mean, anybody can kick a drop kick with a rugby ball. So. but that's a whole different animal right there because it, you know, it's all narrowed down. There's, I mean, there's less surface area. So, um, you know, the forward pass, you know, caused that uh, change, right? Now, when Santa Clara issued this news release, did they apprise you, hey, we're going to do this and you might see some media attention as a result of it or anything like that? I don't remember that, Rick, at all. Okay. I don't remember that at all. Because, I mean, that thing was carried nationwide. I found, you know, yeah. reprints of it as far back as Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. I remember there was an article, um, I think it was in, uh, it was in the, either in the San Jose Mercury or the Chronicle, where, because I, I believe the next week we played Florida A&M in the Oakland Coliseum, and um, prior to the game, the, uh, they interviewed the coach, uh, the head coach for uh, Florida A&M, and he mentioned it, he said, we're not sure what we're going to do. If this kid drops, he goes back to drop kick. One of the things we had uh, up our sleeve that that didn't happen 
was we practiced a fake drop kick in a pass. That week before Florida mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And never, we never had the opportunity. Uh, never it arose, but there, but that was, that was in the mix. If the, if the opportunity arose. Well, you guys won that game like 26 to something or 14 or 18. Yeah, it was a good game. And then did it ever come up again where Mally goes, Sip, we want to Mike try it again? Or nope. did you ever bring it up to him again? Nope. No. In other words, you just sort of did your thing and proved your point and Yeah, and I wasn't there to really I mean, I just thought it'd, you know, be kind of fun to do it and yeah. practice and kind of show these guys, get a give get a laugh out of them. And at the end of the day, that's pretty much yeah. what it amounted to. Right. Following his time at Santa Clara, Sipper returned to Sacramento paid the rent performing with voice and guitar, and eventually started a very successful career in real estate. Along the way, in the 1980s, Sippa brokered a connection between two Sacramento High School contacts, which led to the formation of the Sacramento Kings, earning him a minority interest in the basketball operation. 